Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to episode 212 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And joining me today are Ken and Zoe. What up, guys? What's up, Corey? What's up, Zoe? What's up, Ken? What's up, Corey? What's up, the I love family? Tiger Nation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's get right into it. The swag football postseason awards were announced and we saw a plethora of tigers make the list so we want to discuss this right and we want to give kudos to our tigers who made the list and talk about how we feel about it uh, so first starting off mr james houston newcomer of the year guy coming from florida coming out of nowhere i think he hit the scene in august <laughs> and a few months <laughs> later he's the swag newcomer of the year mm-hmm yeah, man, big time. Uh, congratulations, James. Uh, big year. You know, he um, was very, very impactful. I thought was probably arguably the best uh, defender in the conference. Um, you know, and any given night, we didn't know who was going to step up. And James kind of jumped off the screen and he put his stamp on a lot of games. We played um, 11 games this season and one game he was his time was cut short. But in the 10 games that he played in, he made a major, major impact. So Nothing but kudos to you, James, man. Uh, congratulations on the SWAC Newcomer of the Year. Yeah, man, I concur. Um, James bought out, man. And um, just to highlight, you know, the fact that, you know, came here as a linebacker, um, sh- you know, showcased what he could do at practice, and the coaches were pretty much itsy and, and itching at the chance and say, man, this guy has a gift to rush the passer. We got to find a way to get him on the field. And never played with his hand in the dirt. And lo and behold, he's been a terror from the first game throughout the entirety of the season. He was consistent. He wreaked havoc through game after game after game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can and and in hindsight, it's twenty twenty. Can only imagine, you know, what he could have added. You know, say had it, had we not had the ejection against ULM. But man, kudos to him for an outstanding season this season. 
I, I think it can't be stated enough that he literally switched to defensive end. Great points, man. I mean, yep. he, he switched to defensive end like right before the season started and hadn't played it. And again, this guy's newcomer of the year. So right. imagine him with the full offseason and just time to actually work on that position and hone his skill because he was just playing off just freak ability just you know just instinct because he doesn't have yeah. time to really develop that skill throughout the season because we're practicing you know getting ready for the next game and preparing for the next team so you don't really have time to just hone that skill so that just speaks to his athleticism and his just sheer sheer desire and determination and, and you said it man he you know from day one from from the opening game mm-hmm. from the opening defensive snap he stood out i'm talking about miami famu you right. knew 41 was going to be a problem from their opening drive, from FAMU's opening drive, and he didn't mm-hmm. disappoint throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I think Coach Prime uh, said it best. Uh, he, he really had highlighted his coaching staff. And shout-out to Coach Weeks, Tony Weeks, man. Phenomenal, phenomenal job with that defensive line this year. And like you guys have stated, man, do y'all remember James Houston was playing in the SEC championship game in the in, in the fall of last year. And mm-hmm. – um, to go from playing in the SEC championship game, eight tackles against Alabama, to coming mm. to Jackson State, switching to defensive end on the great coaching staff, and win SWAC Newcomer of the Year, man. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Congrats. And that's why I knew he was going to be a problem in the SWAC because, you know, we get we get in the SWAC in general, we mm-hmm. get Power 5 transfers all the time, so that's nothing new. Right. But a lot of times, again, it's someone where they didn't pan out at their, at their Power 5. But when I first watched James Houston on film, well, I'd seen him in Florida, but when he, you know, announced he was coming to Jack State and I started to just really watch him on film, that's the thing that stood out. He was productive in high-stake games against big-time opponents. Right. So we weren't getting a player who couldn't crack the field or was looking for a second chance. We were getting a, a, a real, true SEC player who said, you know what, I'm going to go finish up in the swag. So I right. knew he was going to be a problem. So shout-out to James Houston. Also, freshman of the year, I think this was one was a no-brainer. And Jackson, we knew this all along. It was the rest of the swag who had their doubts. And, you know, Daddy Ball, and he's getting the job, and they're giving him the job. And we knew. We, we weren't worried. Amongst ourselves, we were just saying, just wait until they actually see this guy play. We knew what we had. But, of course, Shadir Sanders, your freshman of the year. Hand clap. Hand clap to QB1, man. We, we featured uh, Shador. Uh, several times. I mean, every time we would come on and do a recap or a pregame, um, we, you know, a pregame discussion, or uh, we always found ourselves spending a lot of time on on QB one. Absolutely phenomenal job, um, freshman. Um, out, you know, from a statistical standpoint, uh, put up a phenomenal, phenomenal um, freshman campaign. We even compared those stats to the great late great. Swag legend Steve Armagnair. Um, and it's just he as as Shador went, so did the team go, you know. So uh leader, he wore that L on that uniform. He he went out, you know, and 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 did the top uh for the coin toss every game. And we knew we had a chance every single game because uh number two was uh behind the center. So uh congratulations, Shador. Um phenomenal, phenomenal year. Um, nothing but kudos. Man, I can't stress enough how outstanding Shadur's freshman campaign was. Um, to sit here knowing that at the time he committed was the highest-ranked recruit in Jackson State's history to all the flack that he got to arrive on campus, you know, um, take the team on his back as a true freshman when he sat out, soaking in the atmosphere, realizing that as soon as the spring season is over, 
you know, this is my team, you know, I'm going to lead. And from, from the onset, you know, in that monsoon starting out at FAMU and to know that at season's end, this young man will have the opportunity to win uh, Jackson State's first WAC championship since 1996. On top of that, to know that the season's end, he will have the greatest freshman season in Jackson State history. To also know that season's end of his freshman year, he will quite possibly, with these two additional possible games, he will have the greatest single passing uh, season in Jackson State's history as a true freshman. First and, championships in 2007. Correct. I think he said 1996. I did. But, Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, go ahead, Corey. I'm going to chime in again, but go ahead. Keyword, true freshman. There's right. a difference between, you know, true freshman and a redshirt freshman, and we don't distinguish, we meaning, you know, just people in general when we talk about freshmen. To have a, an entire, you know, season, to go through an entire freshman season in red shirt and then come back and play, I mean, that's a, even though you weren't on the field in your red shirt year, you were going, you were practicing, and you were just getting a chance to kind of adapt to the game speed, even from watching and, you know, just watching film and just being with the team. That's huge uh, for your development. But this guy did it as a true freshman. So that makes it, to me, that makes it all the more impressive. Yeah. I thought he put a really big target on his back uh, from Swag Media Day, you know, the opening of the season <laughs> with the famous quote, it equates to a blowout. Uh, but he went out and he actually lived up to everything that, you know, he had. He had a target the size of Texas on his back. Uh, like you mentioned, Corey, uh, daddy ball. But the way that he played this season, the poise that he's shown, the nickname, grown, he did look like a grown man. Like you said, a true freshman and – I mean, we saw this kid go through some adversity through the season with the absence of Coach Prime on the sideline, and we saw him grow up, you know, right before our very eyes. And, man, the future is bright for Jackson State football as long as two is at the quarterback position. So, again, great, great, great year. And You know, you say he met expectations. You know, he definitely met expectations. For me, he actually exceeded them, and I had high expectations of him. But if you look at his touchdown to interception ratio and his completion percentage, I would have never – envision that because i just you know a freshman i'm going to give you the interceptions it comes with the territory going comes with the growing pains a rookie in the nfl you know you're going to throw your picks this is expected but he protected the ball you know he had some fumbling issues with the snaps here and there but again growing pains so to me he exceeded those expectations so shout out to shadur yet again yeah i, I have to concur curry uh, as well as as we talk right now this young man is 20 um 29 yards away from 3,000 yards since the 28 touchdowns, he's going to set the single season record as a true freshman. And on top of that, you know, you mentioned him being a true freshman and game after game after game, not risking or really putting the uh, the ball in harm's way, showing the poise, showing the maturity, showing the resolve. And he had he's had to overcome you know, plenty of obstacles, new guys going in and out of the line, losing mm-hmm. receivers, the receiving lineup changing week to week, um, you know, running game not being there, everything's on uh, on the quarterback. No All coach these different- prime for two games. Yeah, losing your father, who, who for losing your father as the head coach for three games, who's never missed a game in your life, which, you know, we got to factor that in as well. And he still was able to keep his composure and lead the team. And Change as he stands now, he, 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 he changed coordinators. Changed coordinators in the middle of the season. A great, great point, Ken. And even with that, he's still projecting 
to get about 3,600 yards passing on the season as a true freshman. He's still on par to get about 36 touchdowns on the season. I'll tell you what. We can go on and on about Shadur, and I say this every post-game show, (laughs) recap show. What do I say? We can go on and on about Shadur. We can do a whole show about Shadur. After the season, let's come back and do a show about Shadur. How about that? I would love to have him back on. Uh, we'll bring him on too. That'd be cool. Moving along. Right, so let's, let's move right along. <laughs> Coach of the Year, the Cody Award. Cody goes to none other than Coach Prime. I'm so happy for Coach Prime. Had a lot of doubters, had a lot of naysayers. Started with Bumani Jones. Oh, it's all about Dion. And, you know, just, all, you know, you oh, had man. to, you know, one guy said he's going to be like a, a part time coach. He'll just fly in on, on the weekends for the game. <laughs> I mean, all types of stuff, man. Coach of the Year. Man, Coach Prime, um, from the time, you know, we we sat there and we we saw the the, the motorcycles and the, and the boom, uh, you know, <laughs> escort Coach Prime into the AAC. It it was it was um, you know business. It, it was really just you know uh, Coach Prime laying out his vision. The excitement was there. Uh, we 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 all wanted to believe that things were going to turn around in a major way for Jackson State football. Last seven eight years have been rough. So anytime you're introducing a new coach and then especially a coach of that magnitude, it was very surreal for the fact that it was Dion primetime Sanders is going to be now coach prime for Jack State University and to come in and put together a phenomenal staff, first and foremost. Uh, he talked about that in the press conference. He coined a, a slogan that we we speak and we live by each and every day now, and that's go Tigers and I believe, you know. Uh, we, it's always go Tigers, but I believe he he. he it's been consistent. It's been a consistent uh, state throughout the entire season. And furthermore, to go on even further to, like I said, put together one of the uh, the best recruiting class in FCS history and on track to have another phenomenal recruiting class. To be able to go through all the adversity, uh, to, to go through the spring and have to overhaul the roster. And like he told us, he, he knew what was under the tree, right? And all of the hype and all of the stuff, all the naysayers, all of the hate, all of the, the second guessers and, and, and all of those that wanted to believe, man, he came and delivered. And to be 10 and one with everything that we all, we're not going to get, we, we can't draw it all out. Everything that we touched on to go through some sickness and some illness and to have a staff uh, uh, assistant coach and coach flea that could stand in his stead. Absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, coach prime. And um, kudos to Coach Prime and his entire staff. And one last thing, we just mentioned a change in coordinator to have the wherewithal because we, hey, a, co- a head coach is really a CEO of the program. To go and know when to make a change at the right time and to not lose your staff was just absolutely phenomenal to me. No we'll doubt, see. no doubt. Good stuff, yep. man. All right, but I mean, that's, that's great stuff. Again, congratulations, Cody, Coach Prime. All right, fellas, so let's get to the first and second team selection, starting with the defensive side. First team, of course, James Houston on the defensive line. Big Antoine Owens, Mr. Consistency, got it done all season. He's a first team selection on defense on the defensive line as well. And, of course, Aubrey Miller at linebacker. Let's talk about it. So um, three absolute uh, phenomenal defenders. We had the best defense this this year uh, with, with with a very close FAMU. The defensive line was just, I mean, was just all world. Uh, we we rotated quite a few bodies at, 
uh, in and out. Uh, again, like we mentioned, shout out to Coach uh, Coach Weeks. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, he did a phenomenal job in using the depth to make an impact. Uh, he played Antoine uh, at Shade. He played him at the end. He he moved him around. He had him standing up sometimes. Um, same thing with James Houston and um, Aubrey Miller was that was that second layer level of um, of security. He 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 was the second. He led the uh, he was second in the conference in tackles at one point in time. He was tit for tat with the leader, uh, Mr. Ontario Johnson out of uh, Bethune Cookman, but uh, Aubrey was really just a tackling machine. Antoine stayed in the backfield, like you said, Mr. Consistency at James Houston, in my opinion, arguably was the best defender in the whole entire conference. So um didn't really see any DBs there, but great job for those three for making the SWAC first team. They were they earned it. They they uh they did more than enough to 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 get on this team and uh congratulations to them. Yeah man um Antoine was a sight to see. He dominated a lot of games, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, a lot of games that Houston showed up, and they, you know, teams think they can go the other way to run away from them, mm-hmm. and all of them set the edge, man. And um, he caused a lot of havoc. Uh, so much so that if Houston wasn't on this team, I actually think all those production would have been a lot better. So, I mean, kudos to him. And Aubrey Miller, man, it's just a, it, it's just a carryover from the spring until mm-hmm. the fall, um, and, and and he was consistent. You know, and mind you, these with Houston, three consistent calls that led, you know, to us leading the nation in sacks. So kudos to all three of those guys, man. Absolutely. And let's move on to the specialist. First team, man, Zay Bolden, man. He he didn't get a lot of uh, praise or just a lot of notoriety, but man, he was quietly that kick return specialist that I was always looking forward to because he was a threat to take it to the house every single time i'm so glad that the swag noticed him because he didn't get a lot of returns because we mm-hmm. we spread that out a little bit we had some different guys back there but again whenever he got it he, he was a highlight real waiting to happen so again i'm definitely glad that the swag gave him his props absolutely uh so corinzo man we remember when we we uh recently uh at the beginning of the season we did the uh recruiting show and we when we talked about zay zay bolden man we talked about him as a db and we we wanted to see him do uh, big things, and that we talked about the depth at the DB position. He played mm-hmm. some DB. Um, when there was times where he didn't get in the game, we we always often kind of wondered. But to see him be utilized in the return game, because we were all kind of tossing up who would be the kick return, because we had so mm-hmm. much talent. Mm-hmm. For us to see Zay get that opportunity, and for him to uh, really start to make an impact, and not just make an impact, he started to loving it. He started yeah. believing in it. You know what I'm saying? So he, uh, to me, he became Mr. Excitement. Every time he would get a chance, we always would kind of, we perk up a little bit because uh-huh. you know, Zay, Zay was a game breaker. Mm-hmm. And he finally, he was able to uh, uh, to break one. He, like he said, he, he knew he was going to eventually get one. He's had quite a few uh, returns uh, that could have went if he would have made through that last tackle. But like you said, Corey, uh, we, we were ecstatic that the SWAC uh, acknowledged him for the opportunities that he did. And I think uh, the biggest thing that got him this uh, recognition was his return average, his mm-hmm. total return average. Absolutely. Which was uh, one of the highest in the nation at one point during the season. So congratulations, Zay, man. Keep doing what you're doing. We got two more to go. Hopefully you'll get a, a big return, man, in, in one of those two games. Man, look, as a as a diehard Bear fan, <laughs> come, come on. on with it. Come, come on, on with it. it. Zay Bolden and, and they got met him. They met him. Zay, Zay Bolden got his Devin Hester on. 
he didn't get his, Miami. He, he he didn't get as many touchdowns. But let me tell you the Devin Hester effect that Zay Bowden got this year. The last three games, nobody kicked to him. There you go. That's last right. three games, nobody kicked to him. Southern avoided him at all costs. Because mm-hmm. when the ball get in his hand, he tell you every time he comes to the sideline, he trying to make a house call, just like big play Hester. Man, look, I'm so glad that dude is back returning kicks. And also having Warren Newman and, other, and some of the other players, you know, it's 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 a it's a bag of of riches that we got. But man, Zay had an outstanding year. And also bear in mind, he wasn't a kick returner the whole entire year. So man, kudos to Zay, man. Kudos to Zay. That's right. Absolutely. Zay Bolden. Shout out to Zay. All right, fellas, let's move on to the second team, starting with the defense again. Keontae Hampton, we knew that he would find a way to make one of these lists, one of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> Keontae Hampton, led linebacker, and Shiloh Sanders, headache gang CEO, making the second team at defensive back. Man, uh, congratulations, Keontae. That's a little bro. You know, um, very proud of him. He has been the most consistent defensive player on the Jackson State University uh, football team over the past three to four, uh, past three seasons. Um, and the biggest thing that I want to say as far as Keontae that makes that, that what makes this, I know he's won swag defensive player of the year before, and he's been recognized on the first team. But this right here is to me is special because for the influx of the amount of talent that Coach Prime came in and brought to this roster, Keontae was still a staple on defense. Yes, his, 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 so you know, obviously, when you when you have an embarrassment of riches in talent on the field, you're gonna split some some plays. You're gonna lose some some stats because you got a tackling machine right next to you. You know your your linebacker pot compadre, uh, Mr. Aubrey Miller, that we just talked about. But Keontae, man, has um, he found his niche? He found his way. He he started to do the things that we uh, were used to seeing him do. He's a silent silent uh kind of a blue collar go to work don't say a whole lot just go do what he got to do and um but you know what's so cool about this whole thing to see the personality of Keontae kind of come out you could tell he having fun yeah. he's enjoying winning he's uh he's he's ecstatic about the way coach prime has turned it around so man i'm i'm ecstatic for him that, that's one of my favorite favorite players uh to put on the jackson state uniform so even though he's second team great job uh Keontae. And uh, last but not least, want to touch on Mr. Headache Game CEO, uh, Mr. Shiloh Sanders. Three interceptions, multiple fumble uh, returns, highlight plays. From, multiple you know, headaches. Multiple <laughs> headaches. <laughs> you know, click, clack, booms. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and and I would say probably the fan favorite. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I would even say maybe the most favorite Sanders. You know, mm, he might, uh, that's another I, show. I, I know that's it another, is. That's a show. Some, some might say Deion Sanders Jr., who's on the team. Exactly. That's a show. Let's save that when but, it come but, back. No, no. But, 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 um, you know, being in Miami uh, for that first game and and seeing that, you know, the expression and the, and the way he uh, embraced that win and, and went into the stands with the shaking everybody's hand. And he, he, he didn't have no issues with being personable. But his play on the field, um, it speaks for itself. He wear twenty one, and he, you know, he he wear proudly with that Sanders on the back, and he represented this season for the Tigers, man. So congratulations to both Keontae as well as Shiloh, Mister Headache Gang CEO for the uh, SWAC defensive uh, second team. Yeah, okay, I, I have to concur, man. Uh, Keontae Hampton, man, I, I can't say enough about the kid, man. He's my favorite player on the team. 
Um, and by far and away, and, and, and the thing I love about Keontae that stands out, he is the heartbeat of this defense, you know, and my heart goes out to him because, you know, being with all this turnover, like you said, and for him to go through everything that he went through from mm-hmm. his freshman season to now, and to see, you know, saying the reward that he's benefiting from all that hard work this season, and to to see him take it in in the manner which you which you just you mentioned, you know, we have all this high talent come in, and the mainstay of JSU football the past four years doesn't lose his spot. And not only that, he embraces everything, and he's become the lead of the defense. So kudos, Ke- uh, Keontae, man. We're huge fans of yours over here. And then and, and Shiloh, let me just say this. We need to get a campaign. Shiloh should have an NIL deal with with, uh, with Tylenol or Advil or something. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I mean, every time he lays somebody out, man, a pill, he just gives somebody a pill. <laughs> like every single time, dog. <laughs> I mean, because well, hey, I hey, – Zoe, hey, Zoe always going to give us one. Man, big, big, big up, big ups to Shiloh, man. Like the dude come with bad intentions. I love it. You know what I'm saying? He gives the defense the juice. You know what? Keontae is the heartbeat and Shiloh gives it the juice. You mm. ought to see him pregame. He is the one that gets the defense riled up. So Honorary, kud- honorary uh, J5 member. He want to be a drum major, you know. You got to dance <laughs> before the game. <laughs> you got to know So, yeah, so, man, kudos, kudos to him, man. And like I said, I, I, I couldn't be more proud of him, man. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, all right, let's move on to the offense, man. Second team offense, uh, Shadir Sanders, of course, at quarterback, Tony Gray on the offensive line, and mm-hmm. Keith Corbin at wide receiver. Tony Gray, man, show the big oh, show the big big nasty some love up front, man. I know we had some turnover, um, but consistently, Tony Tony Gray played left tackle the entire season, so congratulations to him for that. Now, the time that he suited up, he was on the field at left tackle. I'll say it that way. Um, cause they, you know, he might've missed a game here and there, uh, maybe with, with some injuries or nicked up, but for, for what the coaches, um, needed them to do, uh, pass pro, um, you can't have a quarterback that's not a dual threat quarterback. Like we, we, we all know that Shador is a pro style quarterback. So whenever you have a, a quarterback that's, that's looking to stand in the pocket and stare down his receivers, you got to have some pass protection up front. So the running backs can't run and the quarterbacks can't throw um um on their back so you 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 know shout out to tony gray for being a, a leader on the offensive line um definitely definitely big improvement from the spring i must say cuz um yes sir you know he he you know it was it was it was an adjustment period i say for him um in the spring and and what we saw him do uh, more specifically in pass pro but you could tell that he was definitely out there to protect his guy and we know that Shador is this guy. So uh, it's pretty cool to see them both on the team together because, you know, they're, they're really a tag team. And moving right along, you know, um, we're talking about Shador. We're talking about his big uh, big, his, his, his big big man up front protecting for him. Shador had a security blanket. Mr. Keith Corbin, shout out to Keith Corbin, man, I thought was the most consistent uh, wide receiver of the entire bunch uh, for the year. Um, Shador's go-to guy. You know, anytime he, <laughs> you know, we know that um, um, some wide receivers, we, we won't get into the specifics at the moment, but we know that he, Shador might have looked for this wide receiver, that wide receiver, may have tried to spread it over here, spread it over there. But when things got tough and the tough got going, he looked for number seven. He made a lot of tough catches. Hey, if you go back to that Southern game, 
we talked about uh Keith Corbin towing the line, right? He told that line um uh, on a on a critical critical third down that actually was was uh instrumental to us turning around turning that game around and every time you see us in critical crunch time moments you can see number two going to number seven so um had a really really good year uh over 800 yards and quite a few touchdowns and um uh, led the team in reception so congratulations keith uh we got two more games left i want to see you get over that thousand i want to see you get some more touchdowns in these next couple of games so congrats to shador tony gray and keep corbin for making uh the all swag second team offense yeah can you uh you read my mind exactly when it came to uh tony the growth that he showed from the spring to now was uh very very evident i mean and man look let's just go on, let's just go and keep it a book i mean Tony Gray should have made all swag just off that single uh, pancake he got against that guy against Alabama <laughs> and I mean, I that, about that, one. <laughs> that, that, that one block alone got him all swag. We ain't even got to talk about nothing else. That's the worst pancake we've seen all year from any team in the swag. I don't yeah. know. Demetri Jordan might say 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 otherwise versus Southern, mm-hmm. but keep mm-hmm. going. <laughs> and the one thing I want to say about Keith, yes, Keith was Mr. Reliable. Yes, he was the security blanket. But we also have to note that Keith really should have had way more production than what he had because we have to we have to bear in mind of Shadur um, spreading the ball around. We we went to a lot more guys the first few games of the season, and Keith mm-hmm. really wasn't targeted as much as he was until about the fourth game of the season. Mm-hmm. And so just bear in mind, if we don't have that and he kept the same production from the middle of the season to the end, he very well would have led the SWAC in passing yardage and receptions. So uh, just a byproduct of, of, of the office getting flow, because bear in mind, coincidentally, once we make that change at OC, production goes up. So we, we, we have to we have to bear that in mind when it comes to uh, Keith. But again, outstanding season. Um, and, and like I said, we have with those two games, we'll get more touchdowns. Hopefully he can end up with, with double digit touchdowns and uh, a thousand yards. So kudos to both of them. Absolutely. Kudos to all the guys who made first and second team all swack. And, you know, for those guys who made the second team all swack, specifically Shadur, Coach Prime, he had a, little, he had a problem with it. <laughs> he didn't agree. To say the least. Matter of fact, <laughs> let's let you hear it from Coach Prime himself. I'm a little salty about that situation right now. You know, I'm transparent with y'all. I'm going to keep it 100. Um, Dennis just gave me the, the the sheet with the awards on it. We don't have not one offensive player. Man, how is that possible? Not one. And, and what this young man accomplished, forget that he's my son, what he accomplished um, – in the swag this year as a freshman. So don't punish him because he's a freshman. Give him what he should have coming. And I just thought he should have been the quarterback. I don't, I don't want to hear freshman of the year. That's automatic. We knew that. But he should have been. And I'm not dismissing uh, Mr. Glass because I think that guy's a pro. And I hope he goes pro because that's just how, what I want for him. And I think he could do it. But – Shador Ball, I know darn well every last one of y'all know what, what he did and what he represented as a freshman. Touchdown, the interception ratio, and doing what we've uh, accomplished and why we're here right now where we are. Shoot, man, let it be. But not one offensive guy, not even one of our receivers. Wow. Yeah, that, that's unbelievable. We got to stop that foolishness and call it what it is, man. Not one offensive guy on the first, on the first team. 
All right. So Coach Prime obviously does not agree with this list, and he's not the only one. You know, there was a lot of debating, a lot of controversy surrounding this list, and a lot of it was coming from our fan base. We felt like our guys were snubbed. Some of our guys didn't get the recognition that they deserve. So I'm going to pose that question to you. Who were some of our guys who didn't get the recognition that they deserved? Who were some of our guys who you feel as though got snubbed on this list? I, I feel like what Coach Prime said was uh, was actually warranted. I mean, he has the he's a Cody <laughs> coach. He's a coach of the year. Um, has a team had the best team in the conference. Swept the conference. Um, so usually, historically, from a swag standpoint, you've seen that team kind of like you know dominate from a, a reward award standpoint. So when you look at the, the the players, I felt like Shador, in my opinion, should have won offensive player of the year. I thought, um, you know, shout out to Akil Glass. He had a really good year. He only he, he led Shador in, in two statistical stats categories, which was the um, passing yards and touchdowns. But overall, from an overall quarterback standpoint, you can make the argument that Shador arguably was the um, the best offensive player of the year. Um, that was the one thing that I felt uh, he was snubbed on, but you know, depends on you know, depends on how you want to go with it. Went to Akil Glass. The one that I was really, really um, uh, big on was James Houston. I felt James Houston was the defensive player of the year. I know Isaiah Land from Fam. Uh, I, I felt like they went more so towards the sacks and tackles for loss, but overall, the overall body of work from a tackle standpoint, sacks, tackles for loss, from recoveries, even scored a touchdown off his own. Uh, playmaking ability. Uh, I felt like he was a defensive player of the year. But as far as snubs, two players that came to mind that did not make the list. Well, number one was Malachi Wyman, and number two was Cameron Seelman. Uh, Craig, those are two players, in my opinion, that felt like should have got some re- more, re- a little bit better, more recognition uh, uh, from the swag. I thought that from an impact standpoint, those two players, one on offense and one on defense, made it a very, very, they were really, really integral and the wins and losses uh, that was – and one, and I, I'll give you an example. Malachi Wyman made very critical plays for us to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was only one touchdown away from the leading touchdown score in the whole entire conference. So uh, keep in mind, he didn't even play uh, – uh, I, I don't think he played until like the first – like the third game where he actually saw minutes. And then it was kind of a buildup. And once he made his mark, he was there. And we all knew he was the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in the SWAC, or the best situational wide receiver in the SWAC. Cameron Silmon Craig started as a true freshman, just like Shador, from day one and made an impact on defense from start to finish. And, and actually made the critical game set game clinching sack versus FAMU. And we all realized how how important that game was because it went down to one game that one game decided the Eastern Conference, and he has made an impact um, on defense throughout the entire season. And I feel like if you really watch the film and you watch the tape, his impact is not always a statistical thing. If you just if you're not watching the games and you're just looking at stats, you can give a, a recognition to someone based off some a few of the numbers. But if you watch the film and watch the tape. Number twelve jumped off it, jumped off the uh, the TV screen or your film, or jumped off, jumped out to you based off his play on the field. So, so that's my take, you know, on what I felt, um, <clears throat> where I felt we got snubbed in the, in the slightest. Man, look, when it comes to slights, Shadur was slighted, Shallow was slighted, 
James Houston was slighted. Malachi Wyman, man, it was so disrespectful. Cam Silman was slighted. We got to remember, this is about a yearly body of work. But the first thing overall, that whole season body of work, head-to-head matters. Head-to-head competition matters. And also, what you do in conference matters. And I don't really think that was taken into the equation. I'll say this about Wyman and Silman and Shadur, if he was slighted, if he deserved to be player of the year or first team, what do all three of those guys have in common? Let's see if you can get this. Freshman. freshman. So do you think that played a role in it? Yes. Sometimes the freshman doesn't get the – sometimes the freshmen, they don't get the the respect, and they have more years to to win these awards, so sometimes they're not going to get the votes when it's a veteran or, you know, junior or senior. Yeah, yeah, I think but Spike did that by covering like some of the war, like newcomer of the year and freshman of the year. I think you made they made concessions. So there's built in concessions with some of these awards to where you can honor a Shador and a Keel Glass who had a great year. You can honor a, a Isaiah Lamb and a James Houston, you know. Um, great point. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't like that word. It's not about honoring. It's about getting it right. They didn't get it right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we and that's what we, you know, depends. So if on they get that. it right, so now Shador wins two awards and James Houston wins two awards. Is, is that what you're saying? Or do well, you no. give newcomer and freshman to someone else if Shador wins player of the year and James Houston wins defensive player of the year? Facts. Well, I mean, you can easily do freshman of the year to Malachi Wyman. And you can do player offensive player of the year to Shador. Or you can find another fresh. I mean, it, it's it's really it really comes down to like how the scenario plays out is really up to the selection committee. But when we're talking about slights, we're just making our case as to why we feel like you know this team, the ten and one team uh, that swept the conference, should have gotten more recognition than what they did. And they got some good recognition. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about Malachi Wyman and we're talking about Cameron Silman. I'm just talking about them more specifically because they didn't make a list at all. At all, I, in my in my personal opinion, I feel like the picks that they chose are worthy. I'm not going to be disrespectful, correct? But I also feel like it was low hanging fruit. I feel like it was lazy. I really do. Mm. It was it was okay. What's the sexy thing to look at? But it's context in this. You know what I mean? Like okay, yo, hey, we got most passing yards of touchdown. Voila, we're going with this. But it's context, and context matters. We're picking something that represents the conference. Context matters. Wins and losses matter. What you do from team to team matters. And if I beat you head to head, hey, if I'm a freshman, so be it. That matters. I feel like they didn't want it to be like a Jackson State dominant because you did have two really dominant defenses in the conference. You know, I thought, fam, you got quite a few awards. I mean, they they earned them. I'm not knocking them for it. However, in the end, like Zoe said, head to head matters. Uh, I think when you get into like some of the second team selections, then you start splitting hairs. I didn't really have much problem with the first team, in my honest opinion. I felt like the first team, they got it right with the exception of the quarterback. I don't know how, you know. Um, so when you look at a kill glass, for example, Corey, um, he didn't beat really, did he really beat a winning team this year? So he got seven wins, three losses when he played against you know the better competition they didn't win those games he got he got he got one good win against a 500 team in the first game of the season but go to south carolina state that's going to be playing in the celebration bowl we understand that and that game was a one point like i said one point win that could have 
they were losing that game and he came back. So, like I said, when you hear this, you, it sounds like we're hating or we're trying to slight him. We're really not. We're just saying that when we're talking about first team, I'm going to go with the quarterback that was 10 and one and actually had a, had a, had a, had a subpar running game and a Jekyll and Hyde offensive line and his game, he won games with his arm, not just loaded up on stats, style of play matters, uh, play style, all of those types of things make a difference. But that's my opinion about the first team all swag. I felt like the first team all swag and there's, and Corey, and one last thing, there is, historical data that support what we're talking about if you go back and look at the winners of of the conference and like those who uh pretty much um were the most dominant in the conference yeah you saw the awards kind of went that way especially from the quarterback position because this is not the best statistical year that kill glasses had at alabama and m but i can show you historically where he had better numbers in a quarterback that had numbers more similar to uh shador's numbers got player of the year so Facts. it just depends on how you wanna uh how you wanna how you wanna spend that. Facts. So let's take it a step further because you know, we're saying our guys got slighted, you know, we our guys were snubbed. But you know what? Every fan base across the swag is saying that. Whenever <laughs> whenever awards are handed out in any sport on any level, whether it's NBA, NFL, that fans are gonna say, Well, you know, my guy should have been this, my guy should have been that. So are we looking at this through the blue and white glasses? Okay, I, I want to see. Nope. Right? Well, well, let's see. Because for you to say, you know, your guy was on second team, he should have been first team, or your guy was not on either team and he should have been on a team, what you're really saying is that he should be there ahead of someone else. So in order to put Weidman on the list, someone has to come off. In order to put uh, Shiloh on the first team, for example, or keep Corbin on the first team, someone has to come off that first team. So, again, let's take it a step further. Don't just tell me who got slighted. Who should have been on a higher team? Tell me who should they replace? Who Easy. should go well, off? Well, well, guys to well, go well, on? You, what would well, neither one of those guys that I'm mentioning is going to be on the first team? Because when you look at the breakdown of the offensive first team, you only get two wide receivers. So I'm talking about offense. You get two wide receivers and you get a tight end because of the way they break it down. They do two running backs, which I kind of wish they would they would do one running back and and. and you know what I'm saying? Because really, when you look at like offenses, you're really not running as many. Well, well Ken, as wide let me let me actually interject right there because the swag historically they changed it. That's not a consistent model because there have been previous years That's a great point. Where, where they would have had three wide receivers and one tight end or that, one that running back. Of, that kind of got me a little bit. So I mean, like for example, you got um, in my opinion, I would I would not have put you know Nico Duffy as a say, but I'm saying they're going with this two running back format um i i like the 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 second team selection of keith corbin and d anderson d anderson didn't d anderson stats was very identical to uh malachi wyman he only actually he um he played in one more game than malachi wyman and, and literally he had like maybe a few receptions a few yards and one touchdown more so my 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 my, my point is if I had it my way, I would subtract Nico Duffy from the Alcorn State running back, and I would interject Malachi Wyman as a third wide receiver because that would mirror more of what the offenses look like on the field. I just don't see two running backs. Nobody's running with two running backs on the court, on, on, not the court, but on the field. Second, Cameron Simmon. Um, when you look at the second team defense, uh, like I said, the first team defense, I think they got it right. I really do. 
Um, I'm not going to put him on, on the first team defense because the DBs had a phenomenal year. And Marquise Bell, a um, lot of tackles, FAMU, very impactful. He's a pro. I think he's going to get drafted this year. Drake Cheatham led the conference in interceptions. So we got to be careful of you. B.J. Bowler had a really good year, a lot of pass breakups, a lot of intercep- uh, four interceptions, I want to say. And um, Amari Hill Robinson from Bethune-Cookman, one of the best DBs in the conference. I'm not putting Cameron Simmons, Craig, in, um, in, in, on the first team. I am going to put him on the second team. In place of? In place of Darius Campbell from Prairie View. Okay. And here's why. Because Darius Campbell, in my opinion, just he basically um, the only thing that stuck out was pass breakups and, and tackles. He had 55 tackles and he had 13 pass breakups. No interceptions, no sacks, no tackles for loss. Cameron, uh, yeah, he might have had 30. You got to keep this in mind. He's a true freshman on a defense that's loaded, that's stacked, 35 tackles, four tackles for loss from the safety position now. They don't, you know, and he had three sacks, one INT, right? Um, um, And I'm saying, so when you look at a total body of work and the impact that was made on the game, yeah, somebody may say, no, Darius Cameron had a good game. He had a lot of pass breakups or whatever the case may be. He might have defended a lot of balls. But like I said, no interceptions, you know, um, 55 tackles. And, and most of the, and a lot of those tackles were, were assisted tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, Cameron, Sim, and Craig had 35 tackles. Like I said, four tackles for loss, three sacks. He was um, a part of their headache game. He made a major, major impact. Cameron made a lot of winning football plays, a lot of plays that stuck out. So those are my two. I got I got Shador for offensive player of the year. I got James Houston for defensive player of the year. Um, and I'm adding Malachi Wyman to second team offense, and I'm adding Sam, uh, Cameron uh, Silman uh, Craig to the second team defense. All right, easy money. First thing first, Shador Sanders. Yeah, he should be first team quarterback. And you know what? Yeah, offensive player of the year. I'm sorry, but uh, if we go head to head and I beat you. And I and I outclass you head to head. I'm sorry you don't get player of the year. If we were that score though, man, 60 to a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and then on, on on top of that, we, we talk about stats. It's low hanging fruit. If you only lead in two categories, it's, it's almost like saying no, no other category matter. True freshman, mm-hmm. he led one of the top. Forget the conference. He's one in top five in completion percentage in the country. He leads. The conference and efficiency, mm-hmm. less interceptions with a higher completion percentage. That that that's important. Also, when it comes to yardage, people may say, "Well, he played uh, Glass played in one less game than Shador." However, of note, um, the three best defenses that uh, Glass played, he caught an L in all three of them. Shador mm. unblemished in conference. So if I beat you head to head, I perform better against you head to head. And then mm. after you got your last L. Uh, for the season, you know that famous video, I don't lose. But then you proceed to, hey, you know what? We have nothing left to play for. So you know what? We're going to sit here, not run the ball, and we're going to basically go out here and have 60 attempt games. Because you, if you go look at the last games against uh, Alabama, oh, I'm sorry, Mississippi Valley, Texas Southern, UAPB, do have 50, uh, 50 pass attempts one game, 60 pass attempts another game, and 50 uh, pass attempts another game. They didn't run the ball. So basically their goal was, hey, let's just get as many passing yards as we can and as many touchdowns as we can. Because, again, he only has two stats that he leads Shador in. But Shador leads more categories, and, again, I beat you head-to-head, and I perform better than you on that day. 
that's enough. That's case closed. I don't hear nothing about that. Now we go to D. Anderson. You need to be off this list, buddy. Malachi Wyman played in six games. Can I got to correct you? D. Anderson played in eight. Not only that, D. Anderson start, was uh, playing in the first game. Uh, my buddy was on the sideline on the bench. Wasn't even playing. All right. Do you guys know that Malachi Wyman leads the conference in touchdown receptions, right? We do know this, right? We know now if we didn't before. Okay, he leads the conference in touchdown receptions, played in six games. And, oh, and by the way, in conference, just conference only, Malachi Wyman had 29 catches, 468 yards, and 11 touchdowns. My buddy D. Anderson had 26 catches, 376 yards, eight touchdowns. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like the way you did I, that in I, conference. I, 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 I mean, we talk about the swag. We are talking I mean, about the swag. That's a great I mean, point, though. Again, I say context matters. It matters. All right. When we talk about Shiloh uh, being on second team, I personally think Shiloh should have made uh, first team. Really do. I mean, he should actually have it in front of uh, BJ Bowler. Mm, okay. He should actually, You could, we could take Bowler off. Shallow has the tackles, then the impact of the game, and he has just enough interceptions as Bowler does. Okay. So should do. I mean, uh, Shallow should have been first team defense. Shadour should have been uh, first team offense and play offensive player of the year. Malachi Wyman and Keith Corbin both should have been um, uh, second team uh, wide receiver, and also Aubrey Miller. I'm wrestling. I'm actually, uh, you know, <laughs> wrestling with Aubrey Miller, uh, fighting um, James Houston for being defensive player of the year, and that's another sub too. James Houston should be defensive player of the year. Again, Land got he he leads in sacks, he leads in tackle for losses. But I, I got one thing to say uh, for Valley State: you take those five sacks away against an inferior opponent because go look at for Valley State offensive prowess this season. You take that D2 game away, James Houston leads the conference in sacks, leads the conference attack for losses. And, and also bear in mind, we had that ejection where he didn't play. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, another another thing to note, go outside of the sacks and tackle for losses, somebody go run and tell me how many tackles Land got. Because James Houston got plenty of them. Way Man. more than Land. Mm, he does. Pretty much, he pretty much doubled them up in, taxes, in tackles. Also, forced fumble. James Houston leads in forced fumbles. James Houston leads in fumble recoveries. James Houston leaving uh, defensive touchdowns. And we're not going to even talk about the pressures. And one, one thing to add to that, and I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to draw it out. I still feel like that strip sack against the field glass <laughs> was a sack. He failed. He hit him. He failed. The ball came out. James Houston picked it up. That's a sack. Even when, we, uh, when you go back and recap the game, you say, oh, James Houston with the strip sack. Mm-hmm. Well, to add to that, Ken, we to add to that, we we got a safety against Texas Texas Southern. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I'm just saying, man. I mean, it, it's you make all good points. It was valid. Yeah. Give me right, yeah, man. That was valid. That was valid. So all good points, you know. I, I think <laughs> in the list is gonna say, you know, anybody on the outside looking in is gonna say them them dudes crazy because uh, they Jackson yeah. State. I know it's all I know. Corey, you know, we 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 love our listeners, man. We we do. We know uh we we get the majority of our listeners are tiger fans and you got some tiger uh admirers. I'll say that <laughs> word instead of <laughs> but they probably gonna say, you know, these dudes are crazy, they drinking the blue Kool-Aid, but I mean we really feel this way. I think it's it's fact-based uh data. I think 
uh, if you didn't look at all 11 games, which I think they probably did, um, um, man, the argument is there. I think, um, like I said, congrats to the ones that did get the rewards, awards. I feel like there should have been a couple of more. Really and we and, and we got one more category to add. It's a What's second te- second team coach of the year, Coach Flea, undefeated <laughs> in sweat. I think, I think you I think oh, you make it up categories now. Well, Coach Prime already said he was gonna break one of the legs off the trophy. Yeah, my yeah, my so. question is: Is Coach Prime ten and one or is he eight and one? That's what I want to know. Ooh, well, he's ten and one. <laughs> okay, he's ten right. and one because guess what? He 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 went and hired Coach Flea. There you so go. He get credit for it. That's, well, that's I, well, well, you know what? Oh, not well, only did he hire Coach Flea, but when he had to step away, he pinpointed the right man to true. take over. Well, co- well, Corey, no matter how you want that answer, both of them go in the same. They and oh, <laughs> in conference, man. We gotta it now. Comes. We just gotta get these next two more. We gotta get Absolutely. these next two. And, and that's it. You know, we talked about our players who got snubbed, and you know, hopefully they'll come out with a chip on their shoulder if, if they felt like they didn't get the, the credit that they deserve. But I tell you what. We all have a chance to get the credit that we deserve. We meaning our players by bringing home the goal. So I think if we win this SWAC championship, we're going to win a celebration bowl championship. I think all else will be forgotten. The individual accolades are great, but it's a team sport. And if we are the national black college football champions, I think they'll be satisfied with that at the end of the day. I think so too. I really do. Um, not to go back into in depth with, with that. I felt like um, there was some, players that because of the amount of depth that we had they made some impacts and they did a really good job it's just that the stats weren't there because the defense was just that dominant or the offense may have uh done what they did so like you said Corey, i really hope these guys take it take it with a grain of take it with a grain of salt use it as motivation like you said the ultimate goal is to not win defensive or offensive player of the year the ultimate goal is to be hbcu national champion and to be black champions as well as Celebration Bowl champions, and to be the um, the, the second SWAC school to bring home a Celebration Bowl. 12 and 1 sound good to me. Yes, sir. And that'll do it for episode 212 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting every episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, go Tigers. Hashtag, I believe. Hashtag, pack the vet. Hashtag, the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.